My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And, and we are the Extra Sisters. Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. So welcome to a hype episode. What are those? Do you remember <laughs> hype episodes? Right. I mean, it's- Now that we're in June. I know. The last one we did was The Invisible Man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that wasn't even a hype. That was a regular Monday. Yeah, because we did it with The Invisible Man from the 30s. So the only real hype episodes we've had this year were The Grudge and... The Turning. We got left with crappy ones. (laughs) Oh, 2020, man. (laughs) Yeah, this poor year. Oh, yeah, it's been a year. I hope everyone is safe and doing well. We would just like to start off by Mm -hmm. saying that. We hope you're taking care of yourself with whatever you're doing. If you are hopefully not sick with... COVID, if you have been protesting, we hope you're safe. We just wanted to start off by saying that. We yeah. it. But today we are going to talk about The Lodge. It's actually a film that was supposed to be released in 2020 in theaters, but they just decided to go ahead and send it to Blu-ray DVD. It's kind of hard to get your hands on streaming service wise, but you can rent it from Netflix DVD service, I think. Mm-hmm. It's also available if anybody wants to buy it at Walmart. Yes. So. I saw you know, you can watch it. And so we're going to give you a review. And if you don't want to listen to spoilers of The Lodge, here's your opportunity to click away. But if you want to see if it's worth it, I think that even talking about it and kind of giving you spoilers, you still can't get the full effect. Yeah, definitely. It's a very nuanced film with a lot of psychological elements to it. So even talking about it, you're definitely going to miss a lot of those things. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to know, I liked it personally i would go buy it it was really good i enjoyed it as well and i am i have a soft spot for actors that were in it you know the the losers Mm -hmm. now i will say that what that movie did hollywood needs to understand that there are more child actors than these kids i will say that you can branch out a little bit yeah. They don't have to be the horror staples like Finn Wolfhard and this is Bill for reference in it. This is one of the main characters in this film. You can branch out a little bit and I'll support that too, but I do love my kids here. Yeah, exactly. We had Hansel and Gretel that had uh, Beverly. Beverly in it this yeah. year all at once. Finn so. Wolfhard was in the turning. Like, you guys can find more kids. It's okay. <laughs> I still love them, but he was in this, and this... It was great without the stutter. Yeah, you got to see him talk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, even though he did great with the stutter, in the, it was very mm-hmm. good to the book, but this film really drew me in with the trailer. It looked very creepy now, and they didn't even... It was a very... I felt even with the trailer, it didn't give too much away. Like you kind of knew it had something to do with a cult, but you didn't really know what direction they were going to go. Right. Exactly. Which I really enjoy. Yeah. My only problem starting out, I even texted you is right in the beginning. I was only half an hour in, but it felt like a ripoff of hereditary. There's a death. There's a lot of grief. You have a lot of the dollhouses even. And yeah, the mental health, the cults, all of that. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I think, you know, it's one thing to rip off, but I could definitely see where maybe it took a little inspiration, but then eventually it diverts enough for it to go its own. Exactly. And the end was amazing. Oof. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I texted you and I was like, 
bro <laughs> what the fuck literally just bro exactly there's like it, it was a great ending great ending but let's go yes okay so these poor kids at the beginning of this film this is about a broken family which is kind of why i think you you know th- there was that parallel to hereditary except the parents are already split up in this yeah. film and we're not going to compare it to hereditary the whole time but just to kind of give you an idea of why chris and made that comparison yeah this is about a broken family because the parents are already split up but the the wife or ex-wife i guess hasn't actually finalized or signed the divorce papers she's the holdout here she hasn't dealt with it at all no he left her and for someone that he wrote a book about right which is super it's really fucked up. Like mm-hmm. your husband is just doing research and writing and doing all this stuff. And then he goes and gets with the subject. Yeah. He, he's writing about a cult and gets with the only survivor of this cult. He definitely has a thing for very unstable women. Cause good Lord. Good Lord. This movie, it's honest. It can be kind of, triggering to be honest like yes it like right in the beginning i had to close my eyes real quick for the yes dude i was not prepared it honestly Mm -hmm. pretty emotional film to be honest Mm -hmm. and so he in the beginning she is bringing the kids to him because obviously they have shared custody and it's around christmas time so they're gonna spend christmas with their dad but kind of because he's super busy with work and he doesn't even really give them much time you know yeah but it's i I guess it's around thanksgiving around this point they're they're spending around the holiday or yeah he mentions sorry he (laughs) mentions to her that he wants the divorce finalized so that he can marry this new girl in september so obviously it's before then but yeah it does feel like the holidays and cold so it might be because we end up at another christmas so it might be the christmas before but we go through all this grief and stuff yeah, it's really, but when he says he wants the divorce finalized, she basically storms off and you get a cut to her in her home and she's like cleaning and setting all these things and organizing and you can tell she's upset and she just sits down at her dining room table with a glass of wine. And this is one of those movies that's very like loud soft and so it oh my god that was really annoying though it'll take you by surprise so fast yeah she's just sitting there and you're like yeah it sucks i know it's horrible sign the divorce papers just have your glass of wine and then all of a sudden boom you just get a full like she just reaches over into her purse and pulls out a gun and shoots herself and it doesn't cut away to anything yeah just she and then we're moving on to the funeral yeah and it i will say it is awful like it was first of all the suicide scene was incredibly abrupt like you did not get any warning that this was going to happen all of a sudden she puts a gun in her mouth and shoots herself and you're like whoa yeah dude damn dude like oh my god and then you cut to her kids at the funeral now the kids are really sweet together so the boy's name is Aiden and the little girl's name is Mia and he's like holding her hand as she's just sobbing. And I know I was older when I went to my own dad's funeral, but like these always just like kill me. Yeah, I figured. You know? It's a really cool 
I mean, I hate the fact that they release all these balloons into the world, like, thanks. But at the same time, it's a really sweet thing that they do. They have all these black balloons and all the people that went to the funeral, and then they release them up through a hole in the ceiling, which has a big old cross. So that was really cool. Yeah. And then there was this scene after the funeral that just, like, ripped my soul apart. Yeah. Mia's just in bed sobbing that she can't go to heaven, and Aiden comes into her room and falls asleep on her floor and just falls asleep holding her hand. And I was just like gutted. Yeah. I also, the way that I am pointing out that it's a lot like hereditary is all of the rooms are very small. They are very minimalist. They fit a bed, maybe a desk. That is it. And it's all of the rooms, the living room, the kitchen. They're all very compact, very much like a dollhouse. But it's a big house. It is a big house. But where's the the space? You know exactly. It's like on the outside. It's like a huge house. Yeah, it's very intimate feeling in the shots, which is really cool. Yeah, I totally agree. And it almost feels like everything feels very rustic. But when you look at the outside of like his house in particular, it's incredibly modernized. Yeah, and then it almost gives you that feeling because it's so dollhousey. That is this real? Is this really happening? And you get that feeling a lot throughout. Like, it was almost yeah. confusing for a, a yes. and that we'll get to in a little bit. Like, you're like, what is happening? Is this actually happening? Yes, exactly. So you also get these dollhouse scenes that are paralleling to the film, and they kind of foreshadow throughout the film as well. Right. So then, and it's kind of a background thing and it's supposed to kind of set a tone and be creepy, but just, and, and the little girl has this, it almost kind of looks like a Barbie doll or kind of like a Bratz doll without a giant head, that kind of doll. It's not like the creepy, like porcelain doll or yeah. like a Yeah, and she's doll. kind of turned it into her mother, basically. Yeah, she's personified it, definitely. She has an attachment to it that is... I'm not going to say unhealthy because she's a child, but it Mm -hmm. turned a lot of her grief into something that she's definitely made this attachment to it. So, which is important. Yes. So Grace is introduced. We've already kind of known about her because the dad says that he's going to marry her. And six months later is where we're cutting to. And Grace wants to take the kids to this family's mountain lodge basically and she wants to spend time with them without their dad because it would be several days without their dad in this mountain lodge and he would basically come back for Christmas so for several days before Christmas it would just be the kids and Grace and keep in mind this is only six months after their mother has died and I know that they had plans to get married before this but timing is everything you can postpone your wedding you know like well i i actually feel like they're they're trying to be there for the kids he it looks to me like he was basically living with her before when the mom drops the kids off she's there and she's wandering through the backyard and stuff so they were probably together a lot and then you see that he's living with the kids just him so i'm i feel like they probably did try to separate a little bit and then they were trying to get everybody back together after some time and the kids were not having it yeah and you know I have to I have a little bit of perspective on that it's very much different you know because like I said or like you said 
they were together before and the parents were getting divorced, you know, right. they, and the mother took her, this is going to sound really harsh. And I don't mean it like this. She took herself out of the picture yeah. and you know, my dad didn't have a choice, but when my mom started to date again, it was way in my, this is not from my brother and I's perspective too soon. We can't make that decision for my mom. She was going to grieve how she was going to grieve and she was going to move on when she was going to move on. That's not our decision to make, but my brother and I were 18 and 16 or whatever. She brought him this man to an Easter after my dad died and we were not fucking having it. My brother and I were furious and we were older, you know. How long was it after your dad died? Just curious. So my dad died March 2011 and this was the following Easter, but not the one right after because that would have just been a month. So it was a year Okay. after my dad died. And we, first of all, we didn't really like him. But second of all, we were like get this man out of our house. This is a family thing. Who is this fucking guy? Like, you know. Well, I think that's also just a kid thing. Like I grew up with a single mom forever. She didn't have anybody until I was 18. And once she had somebody, I was also like, no, get them the fuck out. I don't like them. It's just me and you. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, eventually when she dated, we were like, oh, cool. Like you're chill, you know, that's fine. But it was just like, you know, especially six months, a year, the kids aren't ready to move on from a death. Even a divorce is really, really difficult, but especially a death and especially when like a suicide. And you also have to think, and the film doesn't bring this up, who found her? Probably her kids. Probably. And running inside. Right. And they saw how uncomfortable their mom was with this grace and stuff like that. So they definitely took that on as well. And yeah, there were a lot of points to this. And didn't they even mention like you're dating it? Didn't Aiden say like their mom called her a psychopath or something? Yes. Like he is the one. Aiden is the reason we realized that their dad is writing a book on the cult that she came from. Yeah. So he knew things because of his mother talking about her. Yeah. So, you know, and parents' opinions of the other parent are very powerful. Yes. The kids, even as adults, sometimes still, I mean, that's why a lot of times kids never really break out of what their parents' politics were or opinions were, you know? Right, exactly. So, and Aiden even introduces his little sister into who Grace is, which is, she's pretty young. What do you think? She's maybe 10? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not even 10. Yeah. And he shows her videos of this cult she was in. And everyone, again, in this cult died except for her. And you see this video and Aiden's showing her this video of Grace in this cult videotaping all these dead cult members and they're dead in these beds with this, it's like a, I don't know. Purple cloth over them. Yeah, purple cloth over them. And you pull it back and they have this silver duct tape over their mouth and it just has sin written on it. Like she's a child and she's seeing this and now she knows that that's... Yeah, but so is he. Well, exactly. Right. And he has nobody else to talk to right now. His dad's not listening to anything about Grace and his mother is gone. So I get he wants to bring somebody into it. Yeah. Unfortunately, all he has is a little sister. And he's probably, what, like 13, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. So now they're both exposed to this. They're probably, even though she is also a victim, you know, this isn't her fault. Now they're right. terrified of her. And right. they don't like her. And even if she wasn't a previous, you know, a former 
victim of a cult. They don't like her anyways, just because she, they see her as their mom's replacing their mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. But they've got to go to this lodge. They're going to spend a couple days with this grace person before Christmas. So that's exactly what they do. They drive into the mountains and that would be, that would be hard. Like Grace, I guess good for her because if I was that woman in that position, I would not want to do that. Like I would want to bond with those children, of course, but probably not without their dad that soon after their mom died. I would want to probably be in a, a space with their father and kind of do things closer to their terms too, you know? Yeah. A safe space. Yeah, exactly. Maybe or they didn't. Granted. Yeah. Granted it's their lodge home. So it's still a safe space. It's probably something where they went on every family vacation. Yeah. But you can definitely tell like, this was our mom's. We have all these memories with her. Yeah. Here. They even point out, she grabs a hat at one point and they're like, that's our mom's. Yeah. Yeah. That's. And that's exactly. Shame on the dad for that though. Yes, correct. Yeah. And maybe, you know, I think that a lot of parents need to listen to their children more. Like if they're not ready for something, they're probably not ready for it. And mm-hmm. there's a reason for that. Maybe it's just going to the lodge. Maybe they're not ready to go to the lodge. You know, if they're not ready for you to move on, that's still your decision. But maybe they're not ready to go to the lodge with her yet. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Let's stay home. But that doesn't matter because then we wouldn't have this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, there's a lot of religious memorabilia in this lodge. Well, I guess not a lot. There's enough to make Grace uncomfortable because obviously I think she was 12 at the time when this happened. Her father was the cult leader, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And she obviously has a lot of PTSD still. That's just going to stay with you for the rest of your life. You saw a bunch of people kill themselves and you're the only survivor. Yeah, well, it says she survived when she was 12. She lived and everyone else died and she's 30 now. So 18 years of having to deal with this. I don't know. I'm 30. I'm still dealing with shit from when I was little. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. And even after that, there are so like people in their 50s and 60s that haven't dealt with shit from that. Exactly. So, you know, you know, and you also, you know, and you can see her having these quiet, volatile reactions to even like a painting and a crucifix on the wall and things like that, because they remind her of things from her past that she's struggling with. And she's also hiding that she's taking a medication, some sort of antipsychotic, antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication, some sort of medication like that. And of course, he is going to leave them. So he does. And then shit hits the fan, obviously. I don't get it. They've never been left with her before. Maybe don't leave them for an extended period of time. Maybe like the night. Maybe like a day. Especially Jesus Christ. you literally are like, this is Grace in the car on the way there. Exactly. Like, I know you trust her, but they don't. Exactly. You're leaving your vulnerable, grieving children with someone they don't know nor trust. Also, kids are always gonna fuck with people that they don't trust and don't want so that's what they do 
or at the very least they're going to make them uncomfortable and ignore mm-hmm. them like especially when it's their house she doesn't know anything around there they're gonna she doesn't know the layout them. yeah why would they be nice to her they all they they literally he called her a psychopath to your face do you think they're not going to be mean to her well they probably look at it also that she killed their mom yeah i mean the only reason that their mom killed herself was because of this divorce and why were they getting a divorce because their dad was fucking this other woman well Aiden even says it's your fault to his dad exactly so yeah i mean would you and and to on that point would you want the woman you love to go through that right like obviously you don't want your children to be going through that but do you want your future wife to go through that because that's just going to mess up your their relationship later with your kids and your wife like right why it's going to be that story of hey do you remember that lady that we stayed with for a couple days and we never saw her again yeah she's gonna fucking leave like yeah you can love somebody a lot but if the i mean there's a lot of baggage that comes with kids you know how much do you want to deal with if they're not yours exactly so but after dealing with, you know, them ignoring her and kind of back-talking her, but just giving some attitude, one morning in particular, and she's been kind of questioning her sanity a little bit. There have been little things that she's starting to bring up about her past. She thinks she's hearing things. Well, the religious iconography definitely messed her up right in the beginning Yeah, when she got there. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, she has been hearing her father's voice around. Which, that would unhinge anybody. Somebody that traumatized you that much, that wanted you to die. Like, that's, that's so terrible. And apparently Aiden was, like, watching her in the shower. Like, come on, bro. Mm -hmm. You being creepy, you know? Mm -hmm. Like she even says, she's like, yeah, you don't want to talk to me, but you want to watch me in the shower. Yeah, yeah it's weird. in her voice with them, you know? Mm-hmm. Because that's got to be hard, too. You want these kids to like you so badly because you're basically going to be their mother or their stepmom. But then right. also, you need to discipline them at some point, you know? Right. I don't know. That's a hard line to walk, but also, he's watching you in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So... One night after she, oh after she started to have these nightmares and hear these things, her father's voice and all this just like little things but these little things start to add up. You know, Aiden's like, "Oh, have some hot chocolate." The minute I saw him, like, "Here, have some hot cocoa," I was like, "Hmm, what's in it?" Yeah, well, I mean, there's on one hand, it's like, okay, so this could go one of two ways something supernatural or weird or culty is happening that's going to victimize all of them which could very well be the way this movie's going to go this is kind of the peace offering where they're going to come together and all be victimized that could that could that's a very decent plot you know we Mm -hmm. or the kids are up to some shit right you know and they also light a gas heater because 
Mia says she's cold and gas heaters, like a big gas heater in the small living room, you know, it's not like the safest thing to do. Yeah. But then she just wakes up in the living room the next morning. And it's like, hmm, what happened? All of their shit is gone. All of yeah. it. Clothing, her medicine, her dog is gone. Their clothes are gone. The food is gone. The power is out. The generator won't work. Their phones are dead. Yeah, and it's a, you know, snowstorm outside. Yep. Like a, it's basically the shining like you can't go anywhere it's like yeah it's snowing sideways kind of thing which is also the dumbest fucking thing why the fuck would the father leave them out there with nothing no car what if an emergency happens what if somebody chops their leg off cutting firewood i don't know Dumb. Well, also he's like well the person at the gas station has an extra key well how are you supposed to get to the person at the gas station exactly does it matter are you supposed to call the person at the gas station? Like, there's no landline or... Like, what if the power goes out and their phones die? This, exactly. You're, you're not thinking very well. Because there is no landline in this lodge. No. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what's really sad is the fact that the dog is gone. Yeah. Like, super sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like their Christmas decorations are down. It's just it, it's all it's all gone. <laughs> and she well immediately she blames them. She's like, haha, very funny. But then like with their shit gone, she's like, Oh. And then yeah. all the clocks are on January 9th. Which is, you know, when all the shit went down. With yeah, with the cult. With her yeah. family. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then Aiden tells her that he dreamed that they all died or like they suffocated because of the heater. Because she mentioned like, is that heater safe the night before? So, you know, and he's like, maybe we're dead. Yeah. And he convinces her Mm -hmm. we're dead. That's terrifying. Well, especially when somebody's fucked up by shit that you can't even comprehend exactly these kids like they're kids and they should not be fucking with her the way they're fucking with her okay, I, gotta, I gotta say though they're smart kids <laughs> i mean they're smart kids but real dumb because she is on who knows what medication that you just took from her and now you're convincing her that she's dead and she needs to repent to go to heaven a, a past cult person good luck with that yeah that, that runs deeper than you can ever imagine <laughs> yeah I would like, never do that. Jesus. Oh my god. Well, especially because now she's going to withdraw from that medication. Whatever medication she was on was heavy shit. Right. And what's And now happening? you can never convince her that you lied to her nope. because now she thinks she's dead. Yeah. Because she's now anxious, she's going through like she's dealing with the fact that she doesn't have her medication. She's hungry, she's cold, she's sleepwalking, she's having visions and dreams, and, like, all this shit from her past is coming back. Yeah. She's hearing her father's sermons, and she decides that, and this is going on over days, and she decides that she's going to go out into the cold, and she's going to walk somewhere. And I mean, Aiden, you got to do something at that point. Yeah. You're going to die. Exactly. Aiden's like, oh, you shouldn't do that. And it's like, yeah, you're going to kill her, dude. Good job. Yeah, exactly. 
good fucking job. So she tries to go to the nearest town, but then of course she's basically seeing a snow mirage, you know, because yeah, she's, she's hallucinating. Losing it, yeah. So she sees like her father in this cabin, and but she ends up back at the lodge. And when she gets back to the lodge, she finds a picture of Aiden and Mia in a frame that says like it's like a memorial frame. I don't remember. Yeah, it's it like rest in peace and stuff on like it. In in memorial or something. Yeah. Oh, in loving memory. That's what it ah, is. There we go. I wrote it down. And then Aiden goes in and says, What if we died? You know, and he's still doing the like, we're in purgatory. Like, you know, and she's like, I mean, yeah. I appreciate the prank. Like, it's a good one. I would have been a stepmom if I had gone through it. I'd been like, Okay, that fucking pissed me off, but good job. If you were they don't make it that far. cult member, you know, yeah, exactly. you were just a normie, like a regular person. Okay, maybe don't do that to a cult person. Yeah, exactly. If you weren't didn't have insane PTSD because of a religious <laughs> cult, maybe yeah. I could see it. Exactly. And she's like, but no, I'm like hungry and cold, and I feel all these things. And he's like, oh, maybe that's what purgatory is. Maybe you just feel all these things and walk in circles forever. Because she did just walk in circles, and she didn't realize it. She just thinks right. you ended up right back at the lodge and that's just what purgatory is. Right. You know, she also goes inside and she finds the children praying over a newspaper article with their obituaries on it. Yep. Died from carbon monoxide poisoning on December 22nd. And is there a printer in that house? Did they plan this ahead of time and bring the obituary? Interesting. I see. That's why I was wondering because they did show that they were like in their dad's office that did have a printer. So I yeah. fucking planned all this, planned this when Aiden was showing Mina all the cult stuff. Yeah. This was like they didn't want to fucking go. They blamed them for killing their mom. So they were like, let's fuck shit up. You know? Right. Which is insane. And then, I don't know how they pulled this off, but after he's like, we're in purgatory, I'm going to prove it to you, he hangs himself in the attic as proof that they're dead, only to be like, see, I survived that. How did you do that? I'm assuming... He probably wrapped it around his waist. Yeah. 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 Then she, after all of that, because that's when you as the viewer are like, oh, shit. Maybe they're dead. And I thought that was such a cool twist. I was like, ooh, that'd be fucking cool. What if they are dead? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Exactly. They could be fucking dead. And so not only are you as the viewer like, oh, shit. Grace is also like, oh, shit. Yeah, man, that's terrifying. Full breakdown mode, right? And then you also are getting these scenes of like you know in you're kind of in her head and also on the outside so they do a good job of you also not really knowing because you are yeah kind of going through this with her which is also a really cool kind of viewpoint that you get agreed but what's really sad is while she's having a breakdown she finds her dog frozen to death and then she just completely enters a, a total like she just met meltdown catonic like she's gone yeah i hate to uh be cruel but i'm gonna say it if some little punk ass kids let my dog out and he froze out in the snow and they drove me insane by taking my medication away so insane that i ended up shooting their father yeah i'd probably kill him too 
You know, that would be like my wine. Like, so Mia sits down next to her and just like starts sobbing that she left the door open. And it's like, even if that was an accident, because she did like the dog, it's like... I would tell her to get the fuck away from me right now. Mia, you need to go to your room. Like, I cannot be around you right now. Yep. Because you're not going to like anything I say or do right now. Yep. And then, because Grace won't come inside, they finally tell her. They're like, so we've been drugging you, and here's all your stuff. (laughs) But it's too, she's too far gone now. Yeah, she doesn't believe him. Cause they've been playing recordings of her father's sermon mm-hmm. on the speaker. They've been driving her insane, and she went insane. Wow, gosh, surprising. Somebody that's on antipsychotics could go insane when you take their medications away. Exactly. Which it's really sad that she she was hiding her medication even from her fiance too. Yeah, like it was one of those when I started, I thought she was going to be a bad guy, but Me and too. she she is like she's the one who kills people, but they drove her insane (laughs) so like she's not so bad she's actually a pretty sweet girl in the beginning yeah i i thought that she was also especially when i saw because i even made a note that when she was hiding her medications i was like oh she hiding shit you know Mm -hmm. yeah but she's she's just trying to be a normal human after all these things that have happened to her any way she can and i'm not against medication i was just like oh she's hiding it you know right and especially in something like that i'm sure her main point of contact in this whole world was probably her dog yeah well a dog's never gonna judge you it's gonna look unconditionally it doesn't know what you've been through nor does it care so yeah and then they killed it yeah and plus she said that she she was even telling she asked mia what she wanted for christmas and mia said a dog and she said oh i wanted a dog too but my dad never let me have one so eventually i bought myself one yeah. So it was like a reward for her for surviving, and then Mia fucking killed her dog. I'd destroy people. Like, I, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, well, so... <laughs> so, after she has gone insane, <laughs> and they try to basically... Because their phones are dead now. Yep. And they can't call anybody. And they try to start the generator, and it doesn't work. They try to bring her a medication, and it doesn't work. And when they try to bring her a medication, they find her fucking kneeling on hot coals, basically, to, like, yeah. into self-harm to try. She is repenting. Exactly. She keeps saying, repent, I must repent, and stuff. Uh, well, they even kept writing it everywhere mm-hmm. to drive her more crazy. Good job, you guys. Yeah, so she's burning herself and all these crazy this crazy shit and i was like ooh, and it does start to get pretty like tense and creepy and even as the viewer you're starting to like get like oh shit you know mm-hmm. so she must do penance basically to ascend to heaven because she's convinced they're in purgatory because that's what they told her mm-hmm. so they see that she's you know, burning herself on the hearth. And that night they decide to hide in the attic. But me is an idiot. And she's like, I have to go to the bathroom the next morning. And Aiden even tells her, just go in the corner. You can't go down there. And she's like, no, I have to go to the bathroom. And mm-hmm. so Mia's like, oh, y'all are in the attic. Cool. Right. So I'm going to come up there. And she, one, uh, she says, you must sacrifice something. And 
she burns the doll, which is a obviously a huge symbol for Mia. Yeah, and she's starting to look scary, too. It's not just the hot coals that she was burning yeah. herself on, but she also is covered in, she has frostbite all over her face now because she was outside so long with her dog. Mm-hmm. She is fucked up. And their dad is coming back. And once he gets in there, she has a, he fucking showed her where the gun was before he left. Just in mm-hmm. And so she has this pistol now. Oh, God, this was so hard to watch, to be honest. Like, this was a rough scene, dude. Mm-hmm. He comes in. She has the pistol. And she has to prove, she, like, firmly believes they're in purgatory. And to prove it, she fucking kills him in front of the kids. Well, first, she shoots at herself. Nothing happens. Right. She basically plays Russian roulette with her and the dad's name is Richard. Yeah. Yep. He loses. Yep. And so Aiden and Mia go down and they're like sobbing over their dad. And that's when I was like, okay, it's hard because you're like those poor kids. They've lost their mother. They just saw their father be shot. No amount of therapy. I'm sorry. None. There's Mm -hmm. none. And I know that they they did this. I get Mm -hmm. that. But like how terrible. Like they're. No, I agree. It's nobody is clean in any of this. Everybody did terrible things and terrible things were done to them yeah but you know you drove her crazy (laughs) exactly but they're like weeping and screaming over their father's body which oh man that was just so hard to watch but Aiden is like we Mia we have to go we have to go we have to go get in the car but they accidentally I guess I mean it's not not like he's an expert driver especially in snow conditions like that drive it into a snowbank and get it stuck and then you just slowly see grace walking out to them with the gun and then it just fucking cuts to this they're all sitting at the dining room table they're sitting there with their dead father's body at the head of the table and it's they're singing mirror my god to thee and it's an old hymn and i'm you may have heard it in movies but if you grew up religious you've definitely heard it sung it's very popular but they have to sing it with her and then she duct tapes their mouths and it's that same duct tape that says sin that you saw all the dead cult members with that on their mouth. And you can tell that they were eating soup before. So I'm assuming she put something in there. Yep. And she looks at the gun on the table and that's the last shot you get is the gun and it cuts. Yep. It's great ending. Yeah. It's honestly, you know, with it's it can kind of go either way with these you know when you see the trailers you're like you know you, you kind of don't know because it could be the same thing you've seen over and over and over especially with cult films it could just be like mm-hmm. scary images and when you see religious cult stuff you're like oh is it just going to be a bunch of weird sacrificial things and it's going to be the same thing i've seen a million times but especially with them just intentionally driving her crazy that was an interesting twist because if it had gone the way that where they all just like wake up and weird shit starts happening like we've kind of seen that before i was like well how are they going to manage with you know the cult member being dead are they going to be ghosts is she just going to be crazy and just do it but she was she wasn't crazy though like she was being medicated and that's fine 
but they Mm -hmm. intentionally drove her to it. Right. Which was different than things that we've seen. Yeah, which was really cool. I liked that part of it. It was cool to have the Shining experience again because you don't get that cabin fever feeling a lot in movies after The Shining because it's done, right? What else do we do? They were in a huge hotel. Mm-hmm. But you definitely felt it. It's this little log cabin out in the middle of nowhere, even with a huge pond in front of them. There's no neighbors at all. It, and there was, like I said, you feel bad for the kids, but at the same time they brought it on themselves. But they're also kids, so they didn't quite know what they were dealing with. But at the same time, this was an incredibly sophisticated prank for children. Yes. Oh, and there aren't really jump scares in this movie. This is purely psychological. So if anybody is worried about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a loud soft, Yeah, you know, so that's kind of something you need to watch out for. Like it will get loud sometimes, yeah, but there's no like creepy faces or things stalking you from the shadows. Nothing like that. Yeah. No, it's, it's just, you know, once you kind of figure out what's going on and you're like, Oh shit. Mm-hmm. Kind of a descent into madness film. It's really sad, though. Like, it's definitely sad. What's your grade on it? You know, probably a solid four. It was uh, very interesting. That's what I was thinking, too. Not as good to be a five, but solid four. Good movie. Yeah, it was It was good. And I'm glad, because especially with the lack of movies and theaters right now and the lack of new films, you know, I'm not bored of horror at all because I'm still getting to watch things that I enjoy and some new films that I've never seen before that are on our list. But, you know, I miss going to theaters and I miss those oh, experiences so and I like the fact that people are still, and I know this came out kind of in that, you know, February, March time frame, but it only went to select theaters and it was supposed to get its wide, wide release in that time mm-hmm. period when we were shut down. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to that we're getting some of those releases now there are some that i i'm wondering if we'll be able to see or if they'll get pushed back or what's going on yeah i'm starting Um, to think that maybe september is optimistic yeah like i really wanted to see antlers and i don't know if that one will be available for home viewing or if it is or Mm -hmm. i don't know so We'll, we'll keep an eye on things. And if we see, like this one, we just kind of stumbled upon the fact that it was out and then you hear about it coming. Yeah, I agree. So we'll keep an eye on things and let you know what comes out, what doesn't. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what what comes out for home viewing, what doesn't, what happens to movie theaters going forward and how things change from here it'll be interesting to see and it could be kind of sad to see you know there is definitely still something about like the magic of the theater Mm -hmm. but if it evolves it evolves and we evolve with it you know exactly so thought it was a good movie definitely check it out yeah definitely well we hope you enjoyed this review and again we hope that wherever you are whatever you're doing stay safe stay safe stay hidden bring whatever (laughs) you gotta bring you know and uh, we support you and mm-hmm. thank you so much to our supporters over on patreon patreon.com slash the podcast we know that we've gotten some new patrons even during this pandemic and even if times are you know uncertain i can never be understated how much we appreciate yeah thank you guys and the ones that you know 
didn't unpledge. Thank you so much. That has been a huge honor for us. So thank you very much. Until next time, stay creepy.